check. Today's episode um, is going to be an open conversation uh, between myself. Uh, my name is Richard Waith. I'm the president of Vuka Health and um, Dr. Hillary Blackburn. Uh, Hillary, we have a lot of cool things to talk about today, um, mainly some really life changing situations that happened to both of us. Um, that's probably the <laughs> same exact situation um, within uh, a month or two apart. So I'm really excited to dive into that. So, um, uh, do you want to maybe give uh, a quick intro to yourself and then I'll give a quick intro to myself so um, each of our listeners can kind of uh, level set and get to know each other? Yeah, thanks, Richard. And yes, um, big life changes. So uh, I'm sure many of the listeners have already experienced this or will be experiencing it. So um, hopefully this will be a, a very relevant topic. Uh, but yeah, um, Dr. Hillary Blackburn, I am uh, out of Nashville, Tennessee, and am the uh, founder and host of the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. So um, if you haven't uh, listened to one of my episodes yet, be sure to check that out. It's available on all of the different um, uh, you know, podcast platforms. Um, and yeah, so I have been uh, podcasting. Actually, Richard and I both launched at the very, uh, very same time, August of 2017. Yep. So we're seasoned veterans in the podcasting space. Um, so we've been doing that this for quite a while. And um, I've loved being able to get to know and interview pharmacy leaders from across the country and share their stories of success and um, get to share about all of the different practice settings and um, different trends happening in healthcare. Um, so that's really kind of what you'll hear if you go and listen to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Um, so my day job is that I am the Director of Pharmaceutical Services at Dispensary of Hope. And what that is, is actually a nonprofit medication distribution company headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. It is part of Ascension Health, which is the largest nonprofit health system in the country. And um, basically what we do is we partner with uh, pharmaceutical uh, companies and they donate medication to us. And then we distribute them to all kinds of hospital systems across the country. Uh, they do have to be nonprofit health systems uh, or nonprofit clinics. Um, and so we are now serving about 36 states across the country. We're licensed as a wholesale distributor in all 50 states and um, are, you know, really wanting to reach a million patients. Right now we're um, serving about four to 500,000 patients are receiving donated medication, which um, you know, right now is uh, very top of mind because uh, with the pandemic, there have been more and more people who have lost uh, their insurance. And uh, so it's been a really great service uh, to, to help those people. Um, but I've been there for five years and actually started as a volunteer before then and happy to share more about Dispensary of Hope and my role there um, later. Or you can just head over to, you know, look at my LinkedIn or 
um, connect with me there. But we have many other uh, interesting topics to to talk about today. So. Richard, I'll let you go ahead and, and give your intro too. Yeah. So uh, for those that don't know me, I'm uh, my name is Richard Waith. I'm a pharmacist. Uh, I'm the president of VUCA Health and the host of RX Radio. Uh, VUCA Health actually uh, creates medication education videos, and we license these videos uh, that are for patients. We license these videos out to health systems, uh, pharmacies, health plans. And um, one of the cooler products that uh, we created and kind of like our flagship product is we created uh, Meds on Q where... Um, patients can actually get a QR code on their label and uh, can actually scan that QR code and get vid- access to video content and also get access to digital med guides and digital patient ed sheets. Uh, it's crazy now because of the pandemic, um, you know, QR codes are, are such a hot topic with almost, in almost every industry. Um, but we've actually been mm-hmm. doing this for about seven years now, but now we're just getting such a huge demand and, um, you know, it's, on, on, you know, silver lining here, but, on, you know, the push towards the QR codes has made it seem like we were, you know, uh, light years ahead with our technology um, when, uh, you know, honestly, QR codes have been around for a very long time, but uh, they just are, are now starting to really gain traction um, in the U.S. Um, uh, RX Radio, we actually uh, do interviews, uh, uh, interview the pharmacists around the industry and kind of learn about day to days of the average pharmacist that are doing really cool things um, outside of traditional roles and even in traditional roles. Um, like our last um, our last episode was a pharmacy owner uh, that we interviewed that was doing uh, texting, two-way texting with their patients and um, scheduling vaccinations and things like that. So um, that's a, a quick intro to me. And then uh, the, the hot topic and uh, some personal news for both of us is that we both had our first child within the last mm-hmm. couple months. Mm-hmm. And um, th- so that is really kind of like, it's been a life-changing experience for sure for me. Um, and and I'm obviously for anyone and, and, and obviously for you too, Hillary. So let us know how's it been going. Um, what what's that been like? Um, what's the journey been like so far? And um, I'm really interested to hear how the adjustment's been going. Yeah. So um, it's funny because you had a boy and I had a girl. So yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so we had our daughter uh, Mary Brett uh, Blackburn on uh, August 30th, and you know I. Uh, had waited um or my husband and I were married five years and we traveled and you know really enjoyed being newlyweds um and um you know I've been out in my career for about 10 years now and so um had really been career driven and you know we did the whole waited a little bit until we had kids um and you know being an only child And being involved with a lot of sports and things, I really didn't do a lot of babysitting growing up um, and wasn't around a lot of babies. Uh, So I knew that this would be different. And, you know, my friends had started having babies. um, But we, um, you know, when we were finally ready to get pregnant, um, to me, it, you know, I, I kind of wanted it to happen right then, of course. Um, you know, my husband was like, all right, I'm finally ready. And, um, you know, I had been on birth control for quite some time and it took several months to get that out of my system. And, um, and then even after a few months, um, had to take progesterone, but that taking that, uh, first time actually worked, which was awesome. So, um, we feel so blessed that, you know, 
all in all, it really took about six months. I know many, many people um, wait much longer than that. And for some people, it happens like immediately. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of our journey, I guess, even just just becoming pregnant. Um, and then we found out uh, January 2nd. It was my first day back at work after the holidays. And that morning felt really nauseous and, you know, really didn't think I was pregnant. Um, uh, but went home, took the the test and we were, and, um, yeah, surprisingly was eight weeks pregnant. Um, so yeah, we were just, you know, it all happened in God's timing and it wasn't something that me being liking to have to be a planner and being very type A, um, you know, there were a lot of things that weren't in my plan. Um, but, um, I'll have to say that having a baby in 2020 has actually been, you know, pretty, pretty great. Um, we, we haven't missed out on a lot of the things that, um, you know, would be happening this fall and, you know, football games or like parties and events, big Halloween party or, so we've really enjoyed just the time being at home with her. Um, so what about you guys? Like kind of what was, you know, how long were y'all married before and kind of your, I guess, just getting pregnant story. Yeah. So we were, um, we were married for uh, just over a year, but we've been together okay. for about, um, for about five years though. So um, we're going on like six, I think. But um, so and we've known each other for almost 10. So, um, you know, we we moved pretty quickly, I think, when um, uh, I guess soon after we got married because, you know, we, we kind of knew what was what was about to happen. So um, things definitely escalated. <laughs> um, but we are we are extremely fortunate that, you know, we um, you know, we were able to um, uh, right when we were kind of thinking about having kids, we were able to get pregnant. Um, which is crazy because, you know, we didn't think that was going to happen. Like we thought, you know, we're both older. Um, so my wife is also um, someone that's well into her career. Um, I'm well into my career. And um, we did we definitely thought, you know, it was going to be a lot more difficult. And and it's just crazy because there's a lot of stories out there where people have a very difficult time um, doing that. And, and it's it's definitely tough to hear. And then even even the process of like delivering the baby is like a whole nother journey in itself that, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of times it happens within 24 hours usually, but it feels like it's been a month, you know, <laughs> in that 24 hours. Mm -hmm. So um, some of those journeys are, are crazy as well, but we're very lucky. Um, Alexander's his name that everything went really smoothly. And um, um, you know, we're, we also did the, you know, let's travel, let's, you know, kind of enjoy, um, you know, our, our relationship for a couple of years. And then, um, and then see if we can start having kids and, and bring them into the space. And one thing I was going to follow up with you was about the kind of, you know, cause you, we, we knew we were pregnant in December ish, you know, which is not too far off, but um, mm -hmm. we were both very close to having a kid or, or being pregnant, having no idea what was about to happen in the world um, with COVID. You know, we were, oh, yeah. you know, we absolutely just thought, Oh, it's going to be normal. You know, everything's fine. You know, but um, for me, I am, I was already going to be, I think, very kind of like cautious of like who was able to hold him, especially when he was just born um, <laughs> and kind of like people around him and things like that and going places with him. So for me, the silver lining was like, I don't have to look like a psycho with like keeping him in a bubble, <laughs> um, whereas I would have done it anyway. Now I have like, oh, no, it's COVID. It's COVID, you know, so I can just kind of blame it on that. 
Um, but yeah. you know, we've, and because of this, you know, we've, we've taken it very, very cautiously. Like we wanted to avoid all costs, potential exposure. So we've actually borderline been living in quarantine since like March, which is crazy. Um, oh my but, gosh. you know, we've, you know, we've, we've really kind of hunkered down and, um, I really just didn't want to potentially deal with it. And I, who knows, we knew so little that I also didn't want it to, um, my wife to catch it when, when she was pregnant. Cause who, we just had no idea what could have happened. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were extremely, extremely cautious and even now we're, we're cautious and, um, still kind of living the quarantine life. But, uh, for me, it's been a little bit of a blessing in disguise to have him during this period. Um, one, yes, you know, you don't have the FOMO where everyone was, I mean, now it's getting a little bit different where people are still starting to do stuff, but, um, but for the most part, you know, there's not a whole lot of FOMO of like not being able to go do things cause, um, you know, you're with your, your son or your daughter. So, um, but it's been, it's definitely been, uh, been, been great. Um, really interesting, scary at times, but, uh, but it's been awesome. Yeah. You know, um, I mentioned that we love to travel and so at Christmas, we actually booked a trip to Italy, um, over Valentine's week. And little do we know that that was going to be the very last international trip that we or most other people would ever have the chance to do. So Mm -hmm. we um, we did um, Venice and then up into the Dolomites and actually went skiing. And yes, I did do a few little skiing. It was very cautious and it was only about like 11 weeks or so. Um, And and then we ended up in Milan. Um, And then, of course, you know two weeks later, everything, we're like, oh, all of this kind of COVID happened in Italy. And so, um, you know, we were, and then basically I went work from home, um, the week that the WHO declared it a, a global pandemic, which was, I think, March 12th or 13th. So I've been working from home, um, since then. And, uh, right. Checking very diligently, checking all of the CDC recommendations on, you know, what was happening in pregnant women and things like that. Um, and of course, you know, being more cautious with um, being pregnant and immunocompromised. Um, and so, um, you know, of course, Gahana having a baby going into to cold and flu season, you're going to have to be more cautious, but, um, you know, we've really only been able to take her to, um, family. Um, but we, you know, we've got family like nephews that are school aged kids mm-hmm. and, you know, a very busy, um, you know, mother-in-law and family, you know, mine, mine are pretty introverted. And, um, and so they've kept her a lot, um, here at the house with us. But, um, yeah, we haven't really been able to, to get out and go anywhere. And, and when we do, we are, um, cautious. I'm not letting people hold her or things like that, yeah. but, um, it's you know, funny. That's- we, we, uh, you mentioned skiing. So like Lori and I actually ski at least, uh, we go skiing once a year. I snowboard, but we go once a year to a different um, place to, to go um, skiing and snowboarding. And it's just mm-hmm. funny because we were, we usually go, um, sometime between December and like March ish. Right. And then as soon as we knew yeah. we found out, we're like, Oh my God, what are we going to do? We literally booked like a, like, like a last minute ski trip while she was pregnant, uh-huh. knowing she was pregnant. Uh-huh. And like, I really like didn't want to do it because obviously like the dangers of potentially falling all this stuff. But yeah. you know, I knew that, you know, she really wanted to go and she, like she said, she'd be careful. And, um, so we actually went, we went to, um, uh, 
Park City in Utah. And I yeah. was absolutely terrified. Like I was just like snow. Like I usually will like rip down the slope like um, fa- much you know faster than she would, <laughs> and um, a little bit more like you know recklessly. But this time I was like just behind her the whole time, just like like please don't fall, please don't fall, please don't fall. <laughs> um, so it, it's it's actually like, but you know, I think we did a lot of research too with like just seeing if is it safe, and you know a lot of a lot of what people say online is that it is safe for the most part. Um, especially yeah. if you're like, if it's early on in the pregnancy and obviously you're not right. like, doing black diamonds and doing crazy stuff, but, um, but yeah, really, really interesting. But how, how's, um, how's the adjustment been? So I think it's been a, it's been a couple of weeks now, at least for you. Um, what has been, what's the adjustment been like from like day to day? And, um, maybe what do you foresee kind of how things are going to work when you actually have to go back to, um, or, or get better, yeah. even if you, maybe you have already, but like, what's it going to be like when you're back into full swing with work? Yeah, well, you know, I have been full on maternity leave um, and I'm taking 12 weeks, uh, which actually in the state of Tennessee, you can take 16. Um, But I was unaware of all of, you know, there's a lot of FMLA, uh, Family and Medical Leave um, Act. It hasn't been updated in, I think, 20 years. Um, A lot of other countries, um, you know, provide medical leave for women. Um, in the U.S., it's only, you know, six weeks for a vaginal delivery, eight weeks for a C-section, which I actually ended up having to have. And, um, you know, you're, you're not making your full pay. Um, but where we are seeing more and more, um, companies like Google and, and other kind of tech companies, things like that, that are, um, actually taking better care of their female employees, uh, which is really great. And um, I mentioned that a little bit in the book and my book that I'll share a little bit more on later. Um, But yeah, so I've been full on maternity leave and have, you know, shut down kind of my email, most emails, (laughs) at least my dispensary of hope email and really have not been as active on any of the other um, channels and things because I really want to enjoy this time. You can't get this time back with this special baby that we've waited for and that God has blessed us with. And so, um, I have just really enjoyed being a, um, full-time mom. I'm just right now, I've actually got, um, someone here helping to keep her and, um, she is, is wonderful. And, uh, yeah, because I, you know, there's all different kinds of childcare for whenever you do go back to work. Um, sometimes people don't go back to work immediately or they take some years off. Some women will do that. Um, some women go back part-time, some, um, you know, some families do daycare. Um, and then, you know, what we wanted to do was to go with a nanny, having somebody come in so I can still, um, you know, see all of those first moments and, um, you know, hopefully Mary Brett won't be sick, you know, as much during that first year with being exposed to a lot of different kids and things. And, you know, there's a lot of closures, um, frequent closures happening in daycares with COVID, um, exposure Mm -hmm. right now. And so that's the route that we've gone, but it's been a big adjustment, um, particularly for, um, the female because, you know, I'm exclusively breastfeeding. We've done, um, you know, maybe a bottle a week. Um, and so my husband does help out with that, but he's back at work. And so even though he's also working from home, um, I want him working so that, you know, he's 
still making deals and um, making money. And so it it is a full-time job. I have never appreciated my own mother. We That relationship has gotten um, so much richer and um, just the role of being a mom. So um, I'm not sure what going back to work, it'll be the week of Thanksgiving. Um, but, you know, it's, it is definitely a um, team sport, but a lot of it does fall on the mama. So that's yeah. what I have learned for, for us. So I have a, a newfound respect for people that have um, had children in pharmacy school because Oh gosh, I, yeah. and like, you know, at, at, during the time, obviously, you know, you hear about it and like, oh, like, you know, they're pregnant or even, even they they already have kids, you know, you just mm-hmm. don't really know, like, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's probably harder, you know, but you just don't really know. And like, yeah. now that I know what it's like mm-hmm. to have a, have a child, I just, I have a whole new respect for people that have either had children going through pharmacy school, um, you know, bef- like they, they already had children before getting to school and then, or, or had them during school. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it's so crazy. And, you know, even just like, I can't even imagine studying because even at like, so I didn't really take off um, work um, because I've always um, worked from home. We've been a virtual company. So um, I tried to just like make it work where um, I was still kind of working and stuff, but, um, but still trying to helping with uh, relief with Lori. But you, th- to me, I thought like, Oh, it's going to be a breeze because like I, I work from home. So like, it's gonna be much easier, you know, because I can mm-hmm. just work from home. But you, what you don't realize is that like, there's, especially if you're, you know, depending on the size of your house, obviously, like you hear everything that's going on. So like you hear like him potentially crying or happy or whatever the case like maybe and you kind of like you kind of want to get involved and you want to go like see him smile, like see him laugh or talk or, or you know, and, yeah. um, or try to talk. He's he's uh, 12 weeks old. So like try to talk um, <laughs> uh, or if he's crying. Like I want to go over and be like, is he OK? Like, you know, maybe I should hold him or whatever. And so it's actually fairly distracting. Um working from home with kids in the house. So, um, and most of the country now has kind of been forced to do that. Uh, you know, most of the country that had the opportunity to not have to go into work and was able to do virtual. I mean, it, it's such a different animal, just not only one working from home, but also working from home with those distractions. So um, it's definitely been been interesting for us. We've actually been able to try to do like shifts. So um, I have like a, uh, a, like a couple hours during the day, I'll, I'll take him so she can either work out um, or just take a break. And then, um, fortunately some that know me know, like I had this thing a couple of years ago, where I call it like hashtag 10 to two, where I'd just be up like working like late at night. And because of that habit, now I'm still kind of working cause he's, he's able to go down a little bit, but for the most part, like I've taken the shift of like, of like nine to like three in the morning, like it's like my shift. So like I'm watching him and like, if he's riled up, I'll try to calm him down or put him back to sleep. Um, and then she takes over in the morning so, um, so we've had to work out like some of these shifts like that to try to make it work. But, um, we've actually been, because like, so we're, we're, we live in Miami and, mm-hmm. um, cases have been crazy. You know, we had a couple spikes and we're, ha- I think we're having another, like, like on the verge of another spike right now. And we just like have a lot of friends, um, who have, I've heard a lot of stories and friends and people just saw like on my social media around that I know in circles that have caught it. And, um, so we're just being extremely cautious. So we, we are still just managing just her and I just trying to take care of him. So, um, and it's going to be interesting cause she goes back out to work this week actually. Um, but we've got, we've, we're doing something where she's going to do part time, um, at her health system. She's a pharmacist also, uh, where she's going to work a couple days of the week. Um, and then I'll, ha- I'll basically watch him those, which is the weekend. And then she'll watch him like during the week. So we're going to see how that goes for a couple months, um, and see if we can, 
figure that out. But um, yeah, super challenging. It it is, and you know, even kind of having somebody come and help to watch her um, two days a week in the morning has allowed me to like kind of return to doing a few things that I enjoyed, you know, just to get out of the house and um, run an errand or something. Cause I don't want to take her with me to the grocery store to target or something, yeah. you know? Um, and I'm actually doing PT for, to rehab my C-section to really work up that scar tissue. And mm. I actually had a little bit of the diastasis um, recti. And so I've been, you know, focused on, trying to heal that before I jump back into my, um, hardcore, <laughs> hardcore exercise program. I'm really into fitness and usually I'm doing triathlons and things in the summer. Obviously we didn't do that this year, but, um, yeah. So for, for me, that has been kind of nice to learn some of the right, um, techniques and exercises to, um, rehab from a C-section. So, um, but yeah, you, cause you do, you have to, to be able to have some me time and whether that's letting, you know, your spouse watch the baby or, you know, figuring it out in different creative ways. It's, it's important to um, be able to take a little bit of a break. So, so what, what's been um, kind of, if you had to pick one thing that was like surprising to you about being a new parent, um, what's like your, even if it's maybe a couple, but what's like your main, the main thing that's maybe surprised you about being a new parent? Um, how hard it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's so hard, but then, you know, when we put her to to sleep, which we had a baby nurse come in and help train us and her, um, for four days, uh, when she was two weeks old and she goes to sleep at seven every night. And, um, she, you know, um, just once we put her to sleep, we still are looking at her on the monitor, obviously yeah. just to check on her, but we're like, look at her. Isn't she so sweet and beautiful? And it's like, we can't wait to wake up and to play with her again. Um, so even though it is like the days are long and I am like completely interactive and trying to stimulate and teach and educate as much as you can a newborn, um, it, it is it's exhausting, but, um, you know, it, so I would say that's been definitely the hardest. And then of course, having to, to navigate, um, you know, when we do need to get out of the house or something like, how do you balance with being that crazy parent? And I totally was a typical first time mom and calling the pediatrician's office like once a week for the first (laughs) three weeks, even, you know, it was like everything just kind of like fell to the wind. And I'm like, Oh gosh, no. Like I, I, you know, even being in healthcare, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've got this like brand new baby. She's so fragile. Yeah. And everything um, goes out the window with your knowledge, like with your healthcare oh, knowledge yeah. when it's like yourself or, or like your, uh, yes, your baby. So totally. we're, we're actually fortunate. Our, our pediatrician is fortunate that um, our my brother-in-law is a pediatrician because I was texting him like literally oh, multiple great. times a day. Um, and if I wasn't, so that funny. pediatrician would have heard from me a whole lot. So um, Oh, yeah. 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 What about you guys? What's been the most surprising? So you know, it's a little bit different now, but the, the initial most surprising thing was how, like, I was surprised by how anxious I was by, um, by watching him breathe. Like, because yeah. you just, you know, he's just brand new. You just have no idea. You know, he can't communicate. 
Um, and I was just so concerned, like, and I was always making sure is he breathing. Like the first night in the hospital, um, mm-hmm. you know, in my mind, I thought every like he was going to be hooked up to like monitors and stuff like that, like the whole time, just so like he, nope. everyone knew he was like, nope, they're like, they just put him in a little basket <laughs> and, and yeah. then like you're on your own with him. So like the whole night, I'm just like, is he, is his chest moving? Like, is he breathing? And and I couldn't mm-hmm. sleep because I was just like kind of making sure, you know, he was still breathing. And we actually got, um, we got the outlet. So there's a couple of things that you can buy to like monitor like breathing and stuff and monitor heart rate. So we, we decided to go with an outlet, which was a huge relief for me um, to put on him to monitor like his, his heart rate, mm-hmm. just, just that peace of mind knowing that he was breathing. That to me was probably the most surprising. I did not think I would have been like had that much anxiety um, around making yeah. sure he was just breathing normally. Um, but, uh, the other co- one cool thing though, that I was surprised by was like how the sleep cycles kind of work and how he, he was, you know, babies can actually realize if you set up routines that like, you know, it is nighttime and it's time to like sleep for a while, um, versus like he, like a, like an hour or 30 minute nap. Um, so that's mm-hmm. been, has been some, some pretty surprising for me, but, um, yeah. Speaking of breathing, um, that was was also really surprising. So when we had her in our our room in the bassinet, how loud they are! How, what noisy! All the grunts and yeah. the <clears throat> yeah, yeah. all the clearing of the throat and and stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, does she have reflux? She has um, all the things that you like worry about and think about. And no, it's just like newborn, but they grow out of that and they're not as noisy. And, you know, now she's sleeping in her crib, but I'm in the next room and can like hear every single thing. Um, so yeah, that was like totally shocking, but we did what the pediatrician recommended is that, you know, once she's like gone through labor or, you know, we, we would let her go to the nursery and, you know, come back for feedings just so we could get somewhat, um, I think my husband slept pretty well, even on the hospital couch. Now I was not, you know, cause the nurses are coming in and like checking things, um, every so often or bringing her in to feed, but we did that. And then we've, um, done the demand feeding, um, but she's really been a very good eater and had, you know, was already sleeping, you know, five and six hours at night from like two weeks old. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think part of that's like, she's a good eater and then I'm just a good producer. And then, you know, having that baby nurse come in and yeah. help train us a little bit. That's actually so. another, another surprising thing too, because, um, you know, we're doing breastfeeding also, but it was also surprising how difficult it is. Like that is not easy to do. Like you would think like, Oh, like, cause it's nature and you know, this is what we were kind of made to do. And obviously if the baby's hungry, he's just going to eat it is such a challenge to do breastfeeding. Like you have like latching issues to deal with production issues to deal with. Um, y- you know, th- there's just so much like, and then even if you want to use a bottle, like there's so much around feeding mm-hmm. that like, I had no idea about that. There's courses, yeah. there's like, you know, consultants, there's all mm-hmm. these, like, you know, luckily there's all the support out there, but that, that is definitely, um, definitely a challenge, but, um, yeah. All right. So let's, Let's switch gears here to talk about another new baby that you have, um, which is uh, the, your new book. Uh, what's the title? Yeah. Tell us about it. Um, let's let's dig into that. Yes. So the new book or first book um, is called How Pharmacists Lead Answers from Women Who Are Leading, Succeeding and Making an Impact in Pharmacy. And um, that really 
Uh, and it's available on Amazon as a paperback and Kindle um, and launched that October 1st with uh, Pharmacist Month. But that is all about women in leadership. So I've been passionate about that topic. And as I've moved into um, administrative positions, um, have really been passionate about that. I've always sought leadership positions and just have really been kind of a natural leader, um, you know, kind of even growing up, um, taking on like head cheerleader positions or things like that. And so I talk about, you know, the different types of leadership styles. And I learned a lot about that with my MBA last year. Um, but then I've also interviewed so many female leader um, role models that I also feature their stories um, in the book as well. And then talking about some of the challenges that women face in the workplace, um, you know, balancing their career, um, and then, you know, some of the successful characteristics and uh, behaviors of leaders. Um, and then, you know, finally, what are um, some things that, you know, you really could do. I can't touch on everything that you need to do to but at least point you in the right path so that if you want to learn more, you can, can dig in there. So mm. is um, there like a nugget or like a, like an interview that you really enjoy that you want to highlight or something specific out of the book that was like a really good lesson? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, that some of the, a lot of, a lot of the women that, um, I, talked with and feature all, um, have, uh, I think something in common is that they all were willing to take opportunities. So they didn't just, you know, um, have a plan and then kind of go with that plan. It often changed. Um, and that's how they kind of were able to, to grow, but also, um, the importance of mentoring, finding mentors and mentoring kind of that next generation of female leaders. So um, creating that culture um, to help foster female leaders is so important. So, you know, developing a pipeline of leaders, that's some, a few things that organizations can do. Um, but, you know, personally, um, you know, you probably remember if you're, you know, older in your career, you probably remember thinking, um, wow, how did so-and-so get to where they are? And um, so it's great to see kind of some of their journeys and career paths, but then also being really cognizant of, oh, okay, once you've reached the top, you know, looking back down to kind of pull up those um, behind you and to like help foster that next generation yeah. of leaders. That's awesome. And uh, how can people uh, get access to the book? Uh, it's available on Amazon. So if they, you know, search for um, how pharmacists lead and answers from women who are leading, succeeding and impacting pharmacy, they'll be able to find it. Great. All right. So I'm going to ask you now a bonus question and then um, I'll let like and I'll answer it also like if you'd ask it to me, but <laughs> if that's OK with you. But or, or if you want to ask me a, a separate bonus question, that'd be cool, too. But my bonus like question to you is. If you had to take one person out to dinner and that person <laughs> had to be famous and alive, so, oh, um, man. so which means they have to have a Wikipedia page, and it cannot be the current or past presidents, who mm. would that person be and why? Wow, that is such an interesting question. Um I think I'd want to take Tony Robbins out and get like hear 
some of his like inspiration stuff because I don't know if anybody's ever watched that like I'm not your guru but um I and I haven't gotten like hook line and sinker after all of the Tony Robbins stuff but I just think that it would be a really interesting conversation that's awesome yeah I, I think hearing his perspective on a lot of things that uh would definitely be an interesting yeah an interesting conversation. okay do you, do well, you, I'm sure you already have an answer because you posed it to me. Well, um, yeah. Well, I have I have a couple answers that I can give to that. But do you do you have a, a random question that that way it can be like, um, you know, you can surprise <laughs> me with one, or I can answer this one. It's up to you. Um, what's where's the next trip that you're going on when everything? Or yeah, when will you be taking your next trip? Uh, with Alexander, well, <laughs> maybe maybe that's a little harder to predict. But yeah. if you if you could go anywhere, where would you? Okay. Where are you like most missing? So if I could go anywhere, it would be Japan. Um, okay, I would, and I, and I would probably say it might be like the first international trip that we'd probably do, like when that's open back up. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how how old he'll be, but um, I love Japan. And um, I've been a couple times already, and um, it, it's it's unfortunate because whenever my wife wants to go on a vacation, like it's, there's always an argument. I'm like, you know, there's so much we haven't seen in Japan, <laughs> and I always want to go back there. But yeah, there's always the other places in the world to go. Um, mm-hmm. But I would especially go now, um, specifically now. I have like another reason to go and explore there is because I've actually recent. So I've been in, like kind of investing um, in sports cards actually for a couple years now. And mm-hmm. um, because I think uh, I'm into like alternative investments and stuff. And one of the new things that I've seen that's um, a decent investment opportunity is Pokemon cards. And yeah. you know, I'm not like not a huge Pokemon nerd. Um, and like I barely yeah. played as a kid. I, you know, everyone on like that's probably listening can relate to like knowing that like what is Pokemon and knowing that how like the Charizard was like the thing to have. Um, but yeah. now like I'm kind of back into like from an investment perspective. And I've just gone such down a rabbit hole and like learning about like the culture of how like because po- Pokemon originated in Japan um, in 1996, huh. seven around there. And it didn't come to the U.S. until like 1999. But now I'm just like in this rabbit hole of like uh, like learning about like what was going on in those first couple of years in Japan and like all the different types of cards and how like there's tournaments and, and like, yeah. So um, I would love to go back there now with that new perspective and just like digging a little bit more into like the history um, of Pokemon in Japan. So that's just um hmm. random a random tidbit there as, as to like to answer your question <laughs> okay so, um, very funny um but yeah and you didn't you didn't give your answer on your dinner guest oh, okay all right so <laughs> if i had to take um one person out to dinner um i try to switch it up and not because like a lot of times since i asked this question on all the episodes i, I try to switch it up a little bit so i'm actually uh-huh. going to come up with someone that's kind of on the fly here um, okay. I actually think one person I would take that is alive and famous. I'll actually go similar to where, to the route you went with like kind of the, you know, marketing and, and motivational sort of, um, arena. And I mm-hmm. take out Gary V. I think I take Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, um, I yeah. take him out to dinner. Um, he's like a lot of my business, like mindset and marketing mindset. A lot of it originated with some of his concepts, um, sure. and the things that he talks about. Um, he's mm-hmm. also the one that tipped me off about sports and Pokemon cards. Um, funny enough. Um, funny. but, uh, I would, I would probably, I would take him out to dinner definitely one day. Interesting. Yeah. There's so many people that are in that motivational space these days. And, um, 
yeah, it's, I mean, they're great to follow because they're always sharing such great content. So um, even if they're not in our genre, you know, you don't have to like always be inspired by um, pharmacy people. So yeah, agreed. Yeah. Cool. But uh, so Hillary, thank you so much. Um, This was, this was great. Uh, What's the best way for people to kind of connect back with you if they want to follow up? Um, yeah, you know, LinkedIn, uh, just search for my name or follow, talk to your pharmacist on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. And, um, for me, uh, you guys can connect with me on any of your favorite social media platforms. You can search, um, either RX radio or my name, Richard Waith, whether it's on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, or, um, Twitter, be happy to, to connect. So, um, Hillary, this was great. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks so much, Richard. Great to connect with you as always. you guys enjoyed that one um i thought it was definitely different from most other episodes a little bit more personal um both into myself and to hillary Um, but hope you guys enjoyed it and i hope you have a great rest of your day take care